Hi everyone, I'm Les. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to Anthropotamus, where we explore some of your favorite anthropology topics. Hi everyone, welcome to our latest episode of Anthropotamus. We are here with Marin Belka. Did I say that correctly? Yes, yes. Um, we're going to be discussing her article, Tracing Early Life Histories from Roman Times to the Medieval Era, Weeding Practices, and Physiological Stress. So thank you so much for being on our show with us today. Um, but before we get into the article, tell us a little bit about your background and, I mean, what led you into studying weaning practices? Yeah. So I studied biology at the Ludwig Maximilians University in Munich and specialized in anthropology during my master's thesis. After graduating, I started a PhD at the State Collection of Anthropology in Munich, which is an independent research institute that houses one of the biggest skeletal collections in Europe. And the largest part of the material finds, which are thus available for anthropological research, come from the region of Bavaria, dating into late Roman and early medieval times, allowing us to gain insights into the history of this particular region and time. Um, my PhD is primarily about isotope analysis of human remains. And although I have been working with isotope data for several years now, I'm still fascinated by how much can be revealed by such analysis, in particular the reconstruction. I was very lucky that I was able not only to analyze isotope data that I had collected myself, but also to use previously unpublished data to conduct the present study about breastfeeding practices. And since the process of weaning is often considered to be stressful for children, um, we thought it included morphological markers of physiological stress to further investigate the possible relationship. So uh, weaning practices and isotopic analysis, uh, that is not a topic everyone in anthropology is familiar with. Um, so can you explain to our listeners what a basic definition of what isotopic analysis is and how it can identify diet patterns and weaning patterns in past populations. Yeah, okay. So humans are what they eat is a statement which is often made when talking about isotopic analysis. Although this is not totally correct, it properly describes the fact that isotopes from the environment primarily enter the human body with food and drink, which are then partially incorporated into the body tissues, including bones and teeth. Therefore, isotope ratios in bones and teeth by large display a mixture of the available food resources over a certain period of time. Bones are constantly remodeled throughout life, which is why their isotope ratios can change over time and refer to the nutrition in, in last years of an individual's life. In contrast, teeth are formed in early life and only barely remodeled after formation which is why the isotope ratios refer to the nutrition in first years of individuals. To investigate the composition of human diet, the collagen fraction from bones and teeth 
is extracted because the collagen is a product of the human metabolism and thus directly related to the main food sources. And most commonly carbon and nitrogen ratios of the collagen fractions are measured, which can then provide information about the type of resources primarily used by humans. For example, it is possible to distinguish between terrestrial, marine, and freshwater resources, as well as different types of plants. So if you want to investigate more general dietary patterns of past populations, you use isotope ratios from bone samples and look at the position and variability of isotope ratios within the population. Um, if you are interested in weaning patterns, you analyze serial dentine samples of single individuals. The procedure used here is that you sample single sections of tooth dentine along the direction of tooth formation from the crown to the root to later illustrate the temporal changes of isotope ratios over the formation period of the tooth. First molars are best suitable because they are formed from birth to around 10 years, which covers the time of breastfeeding and weaning. And the isotope ratio used for the consideration of breastfeeding and weaning is that of nitrogen, because it generally indicates the trophic level of an individual within a food web. The lowest level are plants, followed by herbivores, omnivores, and carnivores, characterized by increasing nitrogen ratios. In the case of a newborn, which is breastfed, um, his or her nitrogen ratio increases up to one trophic level above their mother because they eat their mother, so to speak. Um, after the introduction of complementary foods, the ratio starts to decrease during weaning as long as breastfeeding is finally terminated. Um, the resulting so-called weaning dip can be found in isotope profiles created from the data of serial dentine and allows to determine the approximate individual weaning ages. Now, uh, in your research, you also incorporated um, linear enamel hypoplasia, or LEH. Um, and how is that used to determine stress in individuals? Yeah, linear enamel hypoplasia are horizontal grooves in the tooth crown. And this kind of animal defects result from a disruption of the animal secretion during tooth development which can be caused by different factors, including nutritional deficiencies or infectious diseases, which is why linear animal hypoplasia presumably indicates physiological stress during childhood. The analysis of linear animal hypoplasia has two particular advantages. Different from other osteological stress markers, animal defects cannot heal and disappear because animal is not remodeled. Moreover, it is possible to determine the approximate age during which an observed defect was formed because the chronological development of the human dentition is well known. 
And therefore, it is not only possible to investigate the occurrence of childhood stress in individuals who grew up into adults, but also to make a statement at the, what age the stress event occurred. Just to clarify, the, the stress event is indirectly causing this lack of an, or, uh, these, the hyperplasia just because it's the, it affects the mother? It's direct. So... It's a direct effect. So if a child gets sick due to an infectious disease or does not get enough nutrition, nutritional foods, maybe mm. breast milk, but can also be complementary foods, mm-hmm. this aspects can cause so unspecific physiological stress we are not quite sure about what what's the direct effect but it's some kind of unspecific stress that i think that that would be um it's interesting that you bring up uh, illnesses and whatnot i think that would be an interesting um some maybe cross study look at some of the um, possible illnesses that were in the area and see how that was affecting the population going into a little bit of culture. Uh, So based on isotopic analysis and archaeological context of this area, can you tell us what the average diet within the population would have been like? Yeah, the isotope data in human bones from Bavaria indicate that people mainly consumed C3 plants and animal products from terrestrial animals. So most of the native plants in Bavaria and Central Europe are C3 plants, including the most commonly cultivated cereals, fruits, and vegetables. It is assumed that the spectrum of cultivated plants was quite diverse. Domestic animals most probably included horses, cattle, pigs, goats, sheep, and chicken, although only pigs were primarily kept for meat. Cattle and goats were kept for the production of milk and chickens for eggs. And it is possible that the range of animals used was exploited through hunting and fishing as well. But wild animals probably only made up a small proportion of the human diet. Moreover, it is also possible that both animal and plant products that were not commonly available in Bavaria, such as dried marine fish or C3 plants like millet, were brought to Bavaria through trade. But here too, there's no evidence that these products significantly contribute to the human diet. And regarding the proportion of plant and animal products in people's diet, we are not quite sure because it cannot be clearly defined because this demands comparative data from animals and preferably also from plants of the respective period which are lacking at the moment. But as it could be shown for one burial site where a sufficient number of comparative data is available, the human diet consisted mainly of plants, possibly primarily cereals and only a moderate proportion of animal protein. Sorry, I'm just taking a second to process the diet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So since they relied more heavily on plant foods, is there significant signs of iron or B12 deficiencies? No, I don't. I didn't hear or read anything about a study that considered this. So 
your results show that there was prolonged weaning in migrants, specifically those who displayed ACD or uh, what is ACD? Artificial cranial deformation. Is that right? <laughs> um, well, you mentioned that this could have been due to cultural differences, but how likely are you to further consider other reasons such as differences and resource availability? Yes. So one must recognize that there can be multiple factors that can cause prolonged weaning time. Nevertheless, we are quite convinced that the prolonged weaning times in women with modified scalps are linked to different subsistence strategies because they probably grew up in a community that had a nomadic lifestyle while people living in Bavaria practice agriculture, intensive agriculture. But a nomadic lifestyle must not mean that less resources were available. Maybe one can say that although we are not sure which factor or which factors play a role here, the observed difference in weaning times between locals and migrants results from cultural aspects which summarize all these factors. Can we infer anything from from data that you collected, whether there was any cultural exchange in this practice? There are there's no evidence that the migrants who came to Bavaria from communities that probably had a nomadic lifestyle continued to practice prolonged weaning in Bavaria. It is also not indicated that they rely more on animal products. So they definitely adapted completely to the culture of the Bavarian and local population. Maybe not completely, but in the aspects we can have a look on by the analysis of isotopes. Right. Okay. So what's next? What are you researching now or plan to research? 24. I'm working on a project that focuses more on general nutrition again. And as part of the project, aspects of migration and genetic kinship are also being investigated. But I hope for a continuing project in which we further investigate infant feeding practices, including weaning patterns, because it would be very interesting to sample mother-child pairs which are identified through the genetic analysis. All right, thank you again, Madam, for coming with us and discussing your research with us. Um, and for our listeners, don't forget to check us out online on Instagram and Twitter at Anthropotamus, also on, at our website, www.anthropotamus.com. Thank you all for listening. Distribution of Anthropotamus is in collaboration with the American Anthropological Association. Please continue to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Anthropotamus for our latest episodes, show notes, and book discussion schedule.